Welcome to the Movie Planet. This week we talk about 2011's Green Lantern. With Joe. I got it. I'm going to make you look good up there. Don't worry. Okay, now let's get these pants off and fly some planes. And JC. Oh, you've changed. How wonderful that all it took for you to grow up was the end of the world. And Joel. You reek of fear, Hal Jordan. I've been so was a great warrior. My mentor. My friend. You. Salt his memory by wearing his ring. I'm your host, Joe, and with me is the Green Lantern and Sinestro to my parallax, Joel and JC. Welcome back and happy April Fool's Day! Dibs on Green Lantern. <laughs> this week, we'll be talking about the 2011 superhero movie Green Lantern. I nominated this form, film for, well, Joel. April Fools! <laughs> Fools you! I don't know if this movie's going to make it to the pantheon of comic book films, but we will discuss this and whether it is a movie that people should see before they die. I'm going to assume that everything Joe says today is an April Fools joke. <laughs> it is not. Uh, download us on iTunes, it like is. us on Facebook. You can also find us on Twitter yeah, at Movie Playground. Email us with any questions you may have for us at themovieplayground at gmail.com. We got a question from a listener this week, Sam Scott. Yeah. Yay, we have a listener. Ow! Uh, That's he awesome. Hambone! He, <laughs> he did you say Hambone? Check it out! No, seriously, did you say Hambone? I did, yes. Yeah, old Saturday Night Live skit. I don't get it. Well, you watch like, Saturday does Night he Live? eat bones made of ham? Sam doesn't, no. Oh. So anyway, Movie Playground. I recently listened to a podcast in which they talked about things that were secretly garbage, which are basically things that everyone likes but actually are terrible. But people go on thinking they like it because, well, everyone else does. Their list included things such as the NFL, golf, Las Vegas, (laughs) New Year's Eve, and social media. But it got me thinking. What they were basically describing was what happened to the embattled band Nickelback. Now, I don't think I've ever heard the band Nickelback ever called embattled before, but we'll go with it. I wonder where the hate comes for it. I like Nickelback. People hate it because they feel like they're supposed to. No. Everyone awesome. loved Nickelback, but no one knew why. They were secretly garbage. The, the only difference is the Nickelback bubble just happened to burst, the glass shattered, and society turned on them practically overnight. Are but, we not part of society? I would say this. I think Rockstar is one of the best music videos of all time. There you go. But it got me thinking, are the other Nickelbacks out there that are covertly crap, but no one knows it because they're hidden under the blanket of, everyone likes it, so it must be good. It has now become my favorite topic of discussion, and I want to know what, in your opinion, are the Nickelbacks of the movie world. I'll throw one out there just to step on some toes and get this conversation started. Every movie Mark Wahlberg has made since The Departed and Shooter. Horse hockey. Contraband Bullsh- is good. Bullshit, because <laughs> I- I've also seen... Um, I love how I just said I've seen it. And I'm completely uh, Deepwater Horizon. Deepwater Horizon is good. Transformers. Yeah, I did um, see. Deepwater I, Horizons yeah. is very good. So yes, Transformers was shit. <laughs> but um, and I loved. I hope he's not. He is saying every every Wahlberg movie since The Departed and Shooter. Yes, I loved Shooter. I thought Shooter was a great movie. I really did like it. Okay, Joel, we'll start with you. What movies do you think are under that? Everyone likes it, so it must be good. But are they secretly shit? Uh, in man. your opinion, in it's your really, opinion, it's really hard to narrow it down. There were some that I knew would. It, I started making this list. I was like, "Oh man, Joe might kick me out of his home." Because <laughs> <laughs> the first movie that came to my mind was Titanic, and I was just like, <gasps> "And my thought was, I was like, I completely agree. Holy I t- shit, I, I forgot agree about also. that. I, thought I completely forgot about like t- eight times. 
I was going to say, I literally yeah. saw it eight times because I was dating this girl in middle school, and she kept wanting to see it, and I thought I was going to like have fun in a movie theater. No. Four fucking hours <laughs> watching the same goddamn movie without like any girlfriend fun at all. I was like, when I think so of this no, movie... No, I hate Titanic. Like, I can see how it won Oscars, and so that's why the it's boat like... fucking sinks at the end. It's, it's hard to put it in <laughs> this <alert>. category. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. It's hard to put it in this category because it is a good movie, but it's... I think it's been overhyped of this. This is the best movie ever. I'm like, really? Because I saw it once, and I felt like that was enough. Titanic is a movie that, when I want to watch it, if I want to watch it, I usually start it as soon as the iceberg hits, because I don't care about shit before then. I want to see the destruction. Uh, okay, what else did you get? Um, the, the Bane ones. Night at the Roxbury. Oh, God, yes. I think it's a trashy movie. I don't think it's as funny. I don't think I think it's Will Ferrell's worst role. Mm. I think Chris Kattan. I think it's Chris Kattan has a better role in Corky Romano. <laughs> and that's a, that's the first one we'll hear today. Yeah, I mean, being in <laughs> especially my generation, being in high school, everyone like not, nodding their head to every song. I was like, it wasn't a good movie. It was not good. It was bad. Yeah. Um. This is my number one. Number two, Green Street Hooligans. Oh God. I'm tired of people telling me it's a good movie. It's not. I've it's not a good it. movie. Um, I would love to spoil it for everyone, but I have a little more class than that. But <laughs> it's just, I just, can, just a little, I not can, a lot, just a little. Yeah, I can, I can a help smidgen. you and say like, just instead go watch Lord of the Rings if you want. Um, <laughs> damn it, what's his name? Um, I don't know. Blanking. Uh, Lincoln. Frodo. If you want Frodo, I said I'm blanking. If you want to see Frodo, watch Lord of the Rings. If you want to watch the other guy, go watch Sons of Anarchy. Lincoln, it's not a good movie. And nod. Because it's a movie about fighting, which. Is, it's not fun to watch, and about soccer, which is also not that fun to watch. Oh. For, for oh. Oh. Them's fighting words. <laughs> Them's fighting words on the whole soccer thing. Just be careful, sir. I know. I know Goal my, was a great movie. I know my audience. <laughs> uh. <laughs> you call this archaeology? Hockey's good. Um... <laughs> I almost put Frozen in the list of it not being as good as people say it is. But the one that got me the most was, and it may not be a movie. I thought it maybe it came to the silver screen. I don't know. Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Never seen it. You chose poorly. I've tried. Delirious and Raw are classics. Exactly. <laughs> but I, it may be, it's a generational thing, but I've tried to watch it two times. And I get through in every. Like everything that everyone's just like standing up, hee haw, laughing. I'm like, that wasn't that funny. It, it doesn't. And maybe I'm just a more dry humor. But he's he's a very aggressive humor, but with a dry presentation. I don't. I couldn't figure it out. Maybe he's from Arizona. Yeah. But this being said, I'm not saying that his jokes were <laughs> bad. <laughs> Raising Arizona. <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Good movie. Good movie. <laughs> um, no, it just wasn't. It did not live up to the hype. But then again, I'm also a person that will listen to Rockstar every now and then just because I need a Nickelback <laughs> fix. <laughs> okay, JC, how about you? What do you got on your fix? Well, first off, we just have to hear a little bit of this. We can't hear that. Doesn't matter. I can hear it, and it's awesome. Okay, that's time for me to edit. All right. <laughs> you remind me. It didn't come through at all. Save it. No, it's song. not plugged into the soundboard. Well, I thought maybe my mic would be. Animal's up. good, too. It's a little dirty. <laughs> okay, so JC, what movies do you have for yours? Well, How You Remind Me is just a freaking fantastic song. So, since that's great, uh, my number one is Napoleon Dynamite, hands down. I am so flipping tired of people telling me that's a great movie. It's not. 
It is literally the movie that when I saw it, I felt dumber. I did not enjoy it. I watched it with a group of friends, and like Joel was saying, everybody was laughing. Everybody I watched it with was laughing, and the entire time I was fuming because I'm like, mm. this is not funny. This is stupid bullshit. I agree. And I literally was, like, I felt angry. Remember how angry I felt at the end of Civil War? Yeah. This I was on this level of anger for how much everybody was laughing, and I'm like, this is not funny shit. This is not something to laugh at. Now, just out of curiosity, <clears throat> was it offensive to you? No, I can't say I was offended. As okay, white, I just was as like, a white this, man, were you upset? This is not <laughs> funny. This is just not funny <laughs> stuff. And and the next one, and I'm actually kind of pissed because I can't real, I can't believe I didn't realize it, but it is. I'm gonna bump it up to my number two. Uh, is Frozen? Like I, when you said, it, I'm like, oh yeah. All of some of my closest friends here in Nashville talk about how great that movie is. Including and, the one across from you. And I'm sorry. No. Frozen is not a great movie, and you can't convince me otherwise. I just, it's not. It that, does not. That, that's fine. It doesn't teach a good message or any of that stuff. Joe, it does teach a great message. Joe's shaking his head. He's like, if it's fine, no, your opinion's great. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't follow the traditional princess me at all. thing. What you're saying doesn't even affect me even a little they, bit. They I, I love what they wanted to do with making powerful female leads. They just didn't. They, they did. They should have made powerful female leads, but they didn't. It's, I want a movie with powerful female I'm so leads. so nominating that movie at some point. It's it hard is, to no. follow Mulan. It is. Yeah. Good Lord. Anywho, uh, number three is Step Brothers. That's another one where people just laugh at it, and I'm like, yeah. it's hysterical. It's, no, I don't. The it Catalina Wine Fest. <laughs> Catalina Wine Fest. Yeah, I mean, you did it. You're, we're standing here. But there's something about your face. If you don't fix it, I'm going to fix it for you. That's all we've been through. Even right now, they're like smiling at each other, and I, no, I don't get it. Step Brothers is one that took me like four times before I was able to appreciate it. But, it should, again, but that's the thing. Movie. It shouldn't take it that many times. No, it should the should. first time. And if it doesn't hit you the first time, then you're forcing yeah. it. Yeah. So Napoleon Dynamite, Frozen, Step Brothers, and my last one that hasn't already been mentioned is the Twilight series. I'm sorry. No, no I agree no. with that one. The, those movies are <laughs> awful. The Twilight and, series ruined the MTV Movie Awards for me. <laughs> yeah, that's just awful. And when you find out how much those actors got paid oh. to be the worst actors ever of all time, like Hayden Christensen deserved an <laughs> Academy Award compared to what these guys did. Really? Christensen or Pattinson? Christensen or those two? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. Uh, Christensen did better. I'm sorry. He, he did. did better than those two. Yeah, I, I have to agree. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's going to taste better, my left shoe or my right shoe? <laughs> Depends on which one stepped in shit, because that was Twilight. Yes. No, Twilight was bad. I just don't like Christmas. So, so, yeah, those are mine. All right. I, I got, obviously, everybody knows my dislike for Rogue One. I still don't get why everybody is fawning over this film. but uh, For the same reason you don't get why I don't like Frozen. Yeah. go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Except my reasons, I can. I think I can back them up. Ooh. I can back mine up too. You just don't oh. agree with what I say. There's, but here's the thing: when I talked about <laughs> the things that I have problem with Rogue One is you it. couldn't argue with them because they were right there in front of you. I can argue the fact that there's strong females in Frozen. No, they're not. They, yes, there are. 
They made them so they have to depend on other people to fix their problems. They depend on each other. Two females together. They don't need a man to solve their problems. What's the first thing they do as soon as they suddenly have freedom after 20 years? They try to go find a man. Let's do this movie That is the last thing I want a woman thinking. A woman should only need herself. It doesn't require a true love's kiss in the end to solve everybody's problems. It is two females that just need each other. That's it. I'm not saying they got everything wrong. They got a couple things right. But the open opening premise is, I need to go find a man to that, be happy. That's, that's literally the first thing they need to that's do. That's called a story arc beginning. It, they evolve by the end. Every character starts off flawed. So start them off flawed as kids. By the time that scene's happening, they're already adults. So my next movie is Scarface. I'm done arguing the uh, <laughs> stupidity on this show right now. Uh, Scarface is the next one. Uh, everybody loves this film, but it is a pile of garbage. The only reason why this film is big is because so many people got into the manic drug gun wielding gangster shit in the eighties yeah. that it became this poster on everybody's wall. And if you've ever seen this movie, it's a hard get through. I've never seen it. Have and that's, se- that, I've never seen it. That's yeah. precisely it. That was our generation. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, there's probably a damn good reason. If yeah. we if we want to talk about like parents' advice when watching movies, like the movies that like our parents like guided us to, my dad said I I, told, I remember saying. I want to watch Scarface. He said, do not waste your time. He said, it's not worth it. Mm-mm. He said, if See, you I w- feel like that was a movie where people watched it because it was like, oh, it's all, the, like, it's all this stuff I'm not supposed to watch. Yeah. And it's kind of cool that your dad said that because he's like, yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Dad. Yeah, I mean, he's, just like, he's, like, it's just, he's like, it's just the F word over and over again. He's like, there's nothing, there's nothing to it. He's like, do so not waste your seats. time. I lo- what? Ooh, I'm about no, there. I lo- no, here we no, go. No, oh, wait, no, wait. I, I love Boondock Saints. I was just about to say, what the fuck? Who the fuck? How the fuck? <laughs> fucking fuck. So my <laughs> next movie on my list of Nickelbacks is the Hunger Games trilogy. Oh. I think that they're all pieces of shit. I like, the, uh, I like Having the read the books, I, like I was really one. angry with all three of them two. because they were not good representations. And finally... Boondock Saints yeah. is my Nickelback. Oh. I'm sorry. I love Boondock And you Saints. and I had a discussion last week, actually, about Power Rangers and how that was, even though we were four years apart, they can't see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> even though pair, you and I are four years apart, this. it hit you at the right age. It did not hit me at the right age. When Boondock Saints came out, I was already 23, 24, 25 years old. I was not in that 18 to 21 range where is the funniest word on the planet. And so I didn't like but Boondock Saints. I, oh, Boondock I don't love Sa- it because of that. Boondock Saints it may be, in my eyes, the most overrated film I've oh. ever seen in my life. Over- it, is, it, it borrows from everybody so much there's no, nothing original in it. What does it borrow? It borrows so much from Quentin Tarantino, from Scorsese. It borrows uh, what if you the, see- the revenge plots. It borrows this... this uh, I want to uh, romanticize the uh, Roman or the, the Irish Catholic thing in Boston nonstop. It, it it turns it into something where everybody that watched that movie turned it into a quote fest as opposed to actually paying attention to what the movie's about, which is basically two murderers. What yeah. what was the movie you just recently talked about that you love that was oh Caddyshack. Oh, okay. Caddyshack is great because it's quotable. I do. I love Boondock Saints because it's quotable. Qu- it is a fantastically quotable film. And as far as the whole Quentin Tarantino thing, and I, we shouldn't make this go that long. We because re- we did <laughs> this is a fifteen great minutes. Show. To, this is a really. To, good this show. is actually one of my favorite things we've done. Hey Sam, thank you very much. <laughs> but, but but you say it borrows from all these things. I saw Boondock Saints first, so 
how it doesn't am I, mean how, that it didn't bar over it. It just means that's the order on. you saw it in. But so then if I saw it first, I'm going to fall in love with that film for what it does. Then I may see Quentin Tarantino-y films later. But to be fair, I saw Boondock Saints, then I saw Quentin Tarantino films, and I'm a pretty smart guy, and I didn't see stealing from or copying or anything. Boondock Saints is a great film, and I love it for what it does. And you can say it's copying all those things, but maybe that's what great stories do is they copy what is good storytelling. I'll, I'll the say music was great, and the whole Roman Catholic thing. I mean, I'm all right. Irish with that. Catholic. Whatever. Irish. That's even better. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this <laughs> as the middle of the table, middle ground guy that you all brought me on to be. <laughs> I agree with JC in that when I watched this movie, I loved it. And I was like, ooh, action, hitting him with the toilet tank top and jumping out of windows and stuff. But I like the first time I it's, it's every Guy Ritchie movie what, ever made. Where's your fucking rope? Get if, your fucking rope. Guy Ritchie sitting there going, Where's, this is my movie. But if we were to... I don't know what that means. If we were to make this a math problem, my Nickelback in movie form is 1 billion percent Boondock Saints. Because you look at it, you're like, this is not a fancy movie. There's nothing great about it. Mm. And, but it's great. And Nickelback is nothing but like power chords. It's like I'm not familiar with that tune. <laughs> Animals, check it out. But but I listen to him like that's what I needed today. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell people I watch. I'm not gonna recommend this to anybody. But I really enjoyed my time. <laughs> See, I will recommend it. I agree with everything you said. But I'll be like, you have to go watch this because I don't like having the conversation of people. But well, Nickelback recommending Nickelback. He's like, oh, you like him? I'm like, whatever, man. I'm mm-hmm. sorry I have my own opinions. <laughs> no, that's here's the thing. Sometimes power chords just work fine. Yeah. They're fun to As play. do bagpipes. Next week we'll be talking about Boondock Saints. <laughs> <laughs> so uh <laughs> good question, Sam. Sam, that, that was one of the baddest ones we've had, I think. Uh, <laughs> roughly five minutes? Yeah. Okay, well, we're going to go ahead uh, here to uh, reassess and talk a little. Green Lantern, 2011's film of the year. Yeah. Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Until you find out what else was released around the exact same time. And darkest day. Our new weapon is ready. Once I've mastered its power, I'll begin training the core to do the same. No Earth will be lost. We'll be ready to make a stand against Parallax before it reaches over. Then the power of the enemy will be ours. At what cost? You dare enter this chamber. I need your help. You gotta help me save my world. I know that humans aren't the strongest species. We're the smartest. We're young, we have a lot to learn. But we're worth saving. This new weapon of yours, you can't use it. Once you cross that line, once you've given into fear, you'll never go back. I've seen it. Look, I know right now you're afraid. You dare accuse the Guardians of feeling fear? Yes, I do. And that's exactly why Parallax is beating you, because you're afraid to even admit you're afraid. I know. I spent my entire life doing it. You know, we have a saying on Earth, we say, I'm only human. We say it because we're vulnerable, we say it because we, we know we're afraid. But it doesn't mean we're weak. 
help me save my planet. Don't give in to fear. Fight it. Fight it with me. This week, <laughs> we and we alone are discussing the 2011 Warner Brothers DC superhero film, Green Lantern, directed by Martin Campbell, written by Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, Michael Green, and Mike Goldberg. And I named Goldenberg. It. Gold. <laughs> Bill Goldberg. <laughs> Michael Goldenberg. Starring Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan, Blake Lively as Carol Ferris, Peter Sarsgaard as Hector Hammond, Mark Strong as Sinestro. 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 Did you watch this? I'm telling you. Okay, I'll tell everyone on air. I don't pay attention to names in movies. I pay attention to story and lessons. And you know, names aren't in the story. No, really. I've, characters aren't in the story. I, I don't. I don't. I really don't. I can't. P- actors' faces. As far as I know, Brad Pitt was the GM for the fucking A's. Speaking of fucking A, Mark Strong as Sinestro. Joel has cursed more in this podcast than in any of them combined. Exactly. It's awesome. Tim Robbins as Hammond, Angela Bassett as Dr. Amanda Waller, and Jeffrey Rush and Michael Clark Duncan as voice actors. Um, Joe, you want to give us a little background on the film? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, this movie was made for $200 million and only brought in $219 million. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter said that because of marketing, this movie would have needed to bring in $500 million to be considered financially solid. Now, if you remember, this movie was marketed every fucking where. There was Green Lantern shit everywhere. Uh, so it makes sense that they warcrafted this. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and Martin Campbell, who was the director, clashed repeatedly on set. Campbell has stated in interviews that his first and only choice for the lead was Bradley Cooper. However, the studio was not willing to make an offer to him and ultimately cast Reynolds behind Campbell's back. This led to an uncomfortable experience on set for Reynolds, whose performance was constantly critiqued by Campbell, who made him do many takes. Reynolds has stated in an interview with Variety that the film's failure was a huge relief as he had such an unpleasant experience and dreaded doing it again. Dang, that sucks. Yeah. Because it's a good story. The movie wasn't bad, but when freaking pride gets in the way of... Not being able to just accept something and make something good. That explains so much. I didn't know any of that. That yeah. actually explains a whole lot yeah. and makes me support Ryan Reynolds all the more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really does. According to one insider, the film was severely hit with interference from Warner Brothers. What a surprise. <laughs> really? Warner Brothers is going to fuck up a property? Here's the best part about this. Before I read this quote, uh, Warner Brothers had also at the exact time, they, this movie was in between The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. How'd they fuck this up? It was also, Marvel at the time had just released Iron Man 2. So the MCU was just getting on its feet. Before you continue with this point, what the hell else has Martin Campbell done? I don't know. Like, I I feel like, I feel like, what a fucking moron. But here's the quote that the insider said about Warner Brothers. He said, one thing I feel needs mentioning, this is not Martin Campbell's cut of the film, but the studio's. I live in New Orleans where it was shot. I read the shooting script, all of which was painstakingly filmed with intense research, and all of that was left on the cutting room floor, a sort of combination of what happened to Daredevil in 2003 and Watchmen in 2009, respectively. Character development sacrificed for CGI, scenes made irrelevant by removing their setup. 
That makes complete sense. It actually explains a lot of the problems with this movie. And Joel and I watched the extended cut of this. You said you watched the theatrical cut. Yeah, I don't own the extended cut. The movie in the theater starts with an explanation of mythos that is made redundant by the more natural scripted questions from Hal when he gets the ring. Because he asked the same questions you got earlier. Yeah. Ten minutes of childhood, Hal, Carol, and Hector, that sets up Hal's first ring construct is reduced to an awkwardly placed flashback in the middle of another scene. The training with the ring is almost completely excised, except for one minor scene. Most appallingly, the ending completely deletes the fact that Kilowog, Sinestro, and Toma Ray arrive at the end and help Hal defeat Parallax. Not to mention, Parallax was supposed to be a third-act reveal after we spend the film worried about Hammond going evil, not the main villain for the entire film. I sincerely hope we get a director's cut, or at least all the deleted scenes on the video release. And they did. Wow, that, that I need to find this extended edition. Because, wow, being, I already loved Green Lantern. I really did. But I did think, I'm like, wow, like this feels disconnected. I, and every time I've ever watched it, because we talk about our history, mm-hmm. every time I've ever watched it, I feel like, was this shot out of order? There were many times I'm like, yeah. this feels out of order. Like, like the way the actors are talking, I'm supposed to know something I don't. And I always chalked it up to Green Lantern wasn't a comic book I followed. I followed okay. Batman. I followed Superman. I followed X-Men. Those were comic books I read as a kid. I, I have no comic book background for Green Lantern. I'll admit that from the beginning. So I chalked up those holes as me not knowing enough of the character. Reading this makes me hate Warner Brothers even more, <laughs> and also makes me love that I then love this movie because of Ryan Reynolds and because of Blake Lively. Mm-hmm. And even Sarsgaard does a good job acting in this movie. I really do like how he acts and becomes evil and all that stuff. So I feel like the actors did well. It would have been better had things actually been put in order. Yeah. Firefly. <laughs> Hey, to answer y'all's question from earlier, Martin Campbell's other three big movies that he's done was Casino Royale, Goldeneye, and The Mask of Zorro. Two of two out of three of those, pretty good. Uh, okay. Casino Royale was it, it was it was Daniel uh, Daniel Craig's first, and it, again it was okay. I'm not a big Bond guy. Okay, I, but, I think that's more a, a not a shoot on the director, just a shoot on eh, Bond. Yeah. Uh, finally, this film was originally supposed to kick off a Justice League series, and early drafts of the script even had a Clark Kent Superman cameo. However, after the failure of the film, this idea was scrapped, and a Justice League kickoff was put on hold until Man of Steel, two years later, was used to start the series again. Yeah. What could have been. Yeah, really, damn. Okay, so that's, that's all the trivia I got, Joel. <clears throat> Thank you. Uh, so, JC, what's your history of the movie? Um, I... Want to say I did go see it in theaters uh, with the wife, but I I honestly can't remember. But it was one that I bought on DVD as soon as it came out. So I want I want to say I saw it in movie theaters, but I can't remember. It may have been one that I wanted to see, and so I bought it right away. Um, it came out. I ordered it on Amazon right away. Watched it, and it was one sort of in my rotation. So as I was. Uh, living or in my early years in Nashville, I didn't have an Xbox yet, and so I movie watched. I and I would rewatch the a lot, Iron Man and and all of these. And Green Lantern was in there. I would watch it regularly every year, and it really wasn't until I had the boy that I haven't watched it as much. So my history is this was a movie I really liked, and I continually would watch it throughout the years. Joe. Uh, I'm reminded of a girl I dated at the time because she was a big fan of another franchise that had a movie that came out the exact same weekend. And I went to go see that movie the night before. 
And I said, you want to see Green Lantern the next day? And she goes, it looks awful. And I was like, okay, I'll go see it myself. So going by myself, I was like, I'm going to splurge, go 3D. So I saw it in theaters. I went to see it in 3D. The first 10 minutes of the film, the 3D was off. Like it wasn't aligned oh, properly. Sucks. So the audience was sitting there not saying or doing anything because audience members are always, they don't want to be like, you know, something's wrong with your cameras. I had to complain to the manager and they restarted the movie with the correct alignment for the 3D to actually work. I know I pissed off a lot of people who are okay with mediocrity that day. <laughs> for this viewing, I watched the extended cut for this one, which gave a little more backstory to Hal Jordan's childhood and his relationship with his father. All the other stuff you heard in the trivia there did not make it into the extended cut. It was oh. only the 10 minutes of him as a child and his relationship with Carol and Hector Hammond. So you still don't get the other... So the other character stuff. development is what lost. And what's biggest people's biggest gripes about this film is you don't care about the characters. And mm. now we know why. Warner Brothers fucked it up, not Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. So Warner Brothers. Joel, what about you? Your, the- your, your, your experience. I was really excited. Uh, I saw it in theaters. And honestly, I probably saw it the night it came out. And I can't remember. But I liked it. It was... Yeah. I was always, I had friends that collected comic books, which I've told you before. And so when I would go there, I w- I'm a big, like, underdog guy, I guess. So I would, I would never looked at Superman. I never looked at Batman. So I would go to Green Lantern because I had no idea who he was. And so I would just, those are the ones I would read. And then my other friend, who's a big superhero guy, his name is Jordan. And so because he was a little kid, he liked Hal Jordan. And so we used to talk about Green Lantern and whatnot. And so when that came out, we got really excited and saw it. But, I mean, I don't. I liked it. I left pleased. It, I didn't leave like I did with Batman. Batman was a movie that I didn't know much about the character, and I went and then I fell in love with Batman, it, like Dark Knight and stuff like that. This is one that I came in loving the character, left said, that, that was good. I'm glad they made a movie. In my life, I never thought they would make a Green Lantern movie. No, yeah. Um, but let's uh, jump into the synopsis. All right, let's talk about this bad boy. Millions of years before the Earth was formed, a group of beings called the Guardians of the Universe used a green essence of willpower to create an intergalactic police force called the Green Lantern Corps. They split the universe into 3,600 sectors, with one Green Lantern per sector. One such Green Lantern, Abin Sir. Yeah, you did. <laughs> second guessing myself. Now, who all, played him? All day. <laughs> um... <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, Tamura Morrison. Yeah, her. Um, no, Tim, that, that's Django Fett. Yeah, oh. it is Django Fett. Of Sector 2814 defeated the fear essence being Parallax, voiced by Clancy Brown, and imprisoned him in the lost sector on the ruined planet Riot. Right? Yeah. Riot. Riot. That's close. However, in the present day, Parallax escapes from his prison. Six months later, after killing four Green Lanterns and destroying two planets, Parallax attacks Sector 2814 and mortally wounds Avan Sir, who escapes and crash lands on Earth. The dying Sir commands his ring to find a worthy successor on the planet. All right. Now, let's be clear here. The first part of this is all exposition. Yeah. It is all, and they try, and they do a, they, they do one thing, which is they try to do it with this, a very, uh, free flowing, uh, set of pictures almost like they're, they're images. They're not really action mm-hmm. going on. And then they transition into the, the action where you see the three lanterns on, you know, accidentally uh, wake up parallax, which I'm kind of confused as to how they didn't know he was there. We've all got those little outlaws. Like, I'm just thinking about it now. I, I just came to me now. is like, I, how did they not know? Like if you, if you knew this guy was a bad guy, yeah. you kind of know where to avoid you stay away from this planet. 
So anyway, they're on there, and then after they are disposed of, they free Parallax on accident. Uh, I, and I don't think they meant oops. to be there. I think they, they were probably driving through the area, and something happened to their plane, and they crashed. That's how I took that. Okay. Uh, in the extended cut, it stops after the death of these three lanterns, and it goes to Hal Jordan as a child. And you get from this point until the Abensur part, 10 minutes of Hal Jordan and his relationship with his father, his mother, and how he knows Carol and Hector Hammond. They all grew up together. And their history together. And they show that Hector nice. as kind of, as a child, the outcast amongst the three. They're all friends, but he's kind of the one that's a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he's sympathetic. You feel bad for the kid. You don't, you don't sit there and go, well, he's going to be an evil asshole later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then it goes into the Abensur stuff. In the theater, it just went from one to the other. And I was like, Okay, this is what it is. I didn't understand what was happening until later on. I was like, all I know is that his dad died in a plane crash. It, I, I agree. Yeah. Like I said, disjointed and disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, Ferris Aircraft test pilot Hal Jordan, played by Ryan Reynolds, is chosen by the ring and transported to the crash site where Abin Sir appoints him a Green Lantern by telling him to take the lantern and speak the oath. At home, he says the oath of the Green Lantern while under trance from the glow of the lantern. After he's attacked while leaving a bar, Jordan swings to punch one of his attackers, letting out a huge fist of green energy. Afterwards, Jordan is whisked... Also, I'm going to stop right here. Okay. When he swings, Mm -hmm. this is actually part I wasn't a huge fan of. It's like he already knew exactly how to use the ring because he, like, looks at the ring, closes his hand, and the dudes are, like, 30 feet away, and he swings. So he's not like he's swinging at them. It's like he's like, oh, I guess this ring... Unless the ring, like, told him what he could do. No, he had his hand filled with nails. Yeah, he, he was, was going to throw th- nails He was going to throw nails at the guy. That's why... And that's why he comes across his body. He's getting ready to throw nails in their face. Oh. Yeah. The yeah. ring must thought have, it was a punch and... Must have blinked during that. <laughs> we also don't... We also gloss over the part that he's a test pilot, and you get to see him doing his test pilot thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where he takes on two, I'm going to guess, drones... And defeats them by breaking the rules. Yeah. and But gets, it also proves that that's what a human would do. But, you know, he, he basically gets away with it. And, <laughs> you know, nobody says you owe us, you know, a few million dollars for these planes. It's just kind of, okay, you're not, <laughs> go home. They do call him out <laughs> on it. <laughs> oh, yeah, slap on the wrist. Oh, that Hal Jordan. <laughs> you're fired. No, he's not. You're going to be replaced. No, he's going to be investigated. That was, a, that was a weird scene. Live and <laughs> was whole, angry at him. Did you guys okay? Did you guys buy Carol Ferris as a pilot? I didn't. I didn't even care. D- yeah, I like. It, 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 it's a big fan. It was just sort of thrown in there. Could I have? Yes, because I loved her as a character. But mm-hmm. you forget that she's a pilot. Like you have that one scene, yeah. and then it's like, no, she's the business person. Yeah, I mean, she seems more of like the advisor. I, I, it almost wonders like they have to show the scene of her as a pilot to legitimize why she's good at running this business. But it's it's no I I the if you're asking do I remember her as a pilot no Carol Ferris is funny because her call sign is Star- Sapphire, and later on in the comics she becomes Star Sapphire, which is one of the pink lanterns I think or purple lanterns. There's multiple colored lanterns. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. There's at least like five or six of them. In fact, if you play deep. the if you play Lego video game DC superheroes, you get to go to all the planets in the Green Lantern universe. Thirty six hundred of them. No, I mean the, where the lanterns are. Like the pink lantern so world, the purple lantern world, the blue lantern world, the yellow lantern world. 
can I be? What's Blue Lantern's power? I don't know. Being sad. <laughs> <laughs> no help. Let's see. Fear, will, sadness, joy. I'm looking. Up. <laughs> Envy. Blue. Blue. It's Lantern like Inside power. Out. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Right. Ooh, they look. I like blue. I'm a big fan of blue. Um, so anyway, <laughs> hope <gasps> they're fueled by. Oh, I would be Blue Lantern. Hope, hope. I would be a Blue Lantern. We'll get Yay. you a blue ring for your birthday. Yes, <laughs> that makes me happy. So after he uh, hits the hits him with the big green fist, uh, Jordan is whisked away to the Green Lantern Corps home of Planet Oa, where he meets and trains. <laughs> Dude, I Oa, you're Oa. right. Okay, yeah. where he meets and trains with. Tomar Ray. Uh, dang it, that's what I was going to say. Do, <laughs> do, 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 do Ray me. Tomar Ray, voiced by Jeffrey Rush in Kilowog. Voiced by Michael Clark Duncan. Rest in peace. He encounters corpse leader Sinestro, Mark Strong, who is not pleased that a human, which is primitive compared to the other species, has become a Green Lantern. With Sinestro seeing him as unfit and fearful, Jordan quits and returns to Earth, keeping the power ring and lantern. Okay, you guys want to talk about the uh, training scene? <laughs> I like it. I like it, but now... See, the sad thing is, is I liked everything about this movie. Now, learning about this extended edition and learning about everything that was supposed to be in the film is cut out. Now, I don't. Like, now I'm angry at it. Now, I realize there was going to be more training. Like, it's one of those things where I was okay with it, but now... Now I'm just angry that I wasn't given as much as I should have been given. I feel like I was cheated. I feel I, like that kid that was not given as much as what he deserved. Yeah, I, I, I in we have, <laughs> watching it this time, I can see the beef that people have with the suits. Oh, see, no, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. And the reason why is because when I look at Ryan Reynolds in the suit, they, he actually looks thinner. He oh, looked, then maybe he, a, he looks over- slimmer in it, and I think that. In an effort to do something technologically advanced in the movies, it, they, it, it started to look bad a little bit. And sometimes his movements looked cartoony. And even when there's a scene where Sinestro flies away, and it's almost like somebody just you know put like a <laughs> cartoon on top and said, "You're okay, fly." Right. I, I can I can get that, and I can agree with that. So I, but I, I think it was made today, like with what we have now yeah. under a Marvel studio or even I'm gonna say it, even a DC studio, it would those look would look better. sharper. And, th- and that's the thing. I think I agree that it needed to be a CGI outfit because they talk about it being made by Will and it's powered by Will, but it came off campy. Yeah. It came off not as good as it could have been. And for a movie that was trying to be realistic, those were the most unrealistic shots. I get that. I agree, I agree there. I mean, you don't me wrong. I love Sinestro. Sinestro looks great. Kilowog, looks- all the species' heads look amazing like i want i wish they would do a span of the entire audience on oa so i could see all the different creatures and see if there were any easter eggs out there of things that are in other films like a predator (laughs) or an alien uh but i thought that was really cool i like the fact that uh he has the mask comes on and off whenever he's in danger is that what it is no, whenever the his his will realizes when his identity needs to be hidden. Right. And whenever his identity needs to be hidden, it disappears. I'm curious, though, why none of the other species wear the mask. You never see them in the mask. That's true. Um, but we only ever see them when they're with each other. True. True. But so then he was with them also. He was on Oa. No, it's like, that's true. Yeah. Uh, so these are little decisions that I think I can see Warner Brothers jumping in and going, hey, you should do this. You should do this. And they go, fine, we'll shove it in there. And eventually it becomes 
Remember, I, you, J JC, remember we talked about that one movie? I can't remember what it was, where it was like the amount of nitpicks start to create a mountain. Yes. And this is one of those, as, you, as you build through the nitpicks, when you first go into it, you're like, no, this is... But then as the nitpick after nitpick after nitpick, it can... It can. I still love the movie. Yeah. I, I mean, I still love the movie, but I'll be honest, I had an idea going into this, and I I read the backstory nitpicks. I read the, the suit nitpicks, and, the, and like as you build on them, it's like, well, if all of these things bug me, it's, is it as great then as I want it to be? Am I saying it's great because I wanted it to be great? Or am I saying it's great because it is great, and those are two conflicting things when you see all the nitpicks sort of put together? Yeah, in the special features, they talk about the suit and saying, in all the comic books, even some of the comic books are, you look, or the cartoons, or I can't remember which one it was, but they say you see creases on the suit when he moves and stuff. It is not a suit. It is supposed to be skin, and it's just skin changing. And so that's kind of tough to do. Like That's why yeah. it looks so weird, because it's not a suit. And let's be real, when you take clothes off, it's you're gonna look less bulky. So yeah. like that's he does yeah. look skinny because it's just his skin. He's essentially naked. Now what happens to those clothes, I don't know. I mean he just boop changes. But yeah. that being said, he also has a magical ring. I'm not gonna talk about the reality of that, it's not ring. magic. He says that it's not magic. It's not magic if you believe it's true. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> but meanwhile, after being summoned by his father, Senator Robert Hammond, played by Tim Robbins. To a secret government facility, scientist Hector Hammond, the son, not Hal Jordan's son, Hector Hammond, Peter Sarsgaard, performs... Well, when first reading that, you're like, after being summoned by his father, Green Lantern, no. His father, son, Hector Hammond, performs an autopsy on Aben Sir. The wow. English teacher is shitting his pants over here, but I'm enjoying myself. <laughs> um, He's a math teacher. <laughs> not when I knew him. Uh, <laughs> Hector. I was a math teacher then, too, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I was the math teacher. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Oh, a piece wow. of... That was a great, inspiring legend that you made up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, while Hector Hammond performs an autopsy on Abenser's body, a piece of parallax inside the corpse inserts itself inside of Hammond, mutating the scientist and giving him tele telepathy and telekinetic powers at the cost of his sanity. After discovering that he was the only chosen, after discovering that he was only chosen due to his father's influence, Hammond resentfully attempts to kill his father by telekinetically sabotaging his helicopter at a party. However, Jordan uses his ring to save the senator and the party guests, including his childhood sweetheart, Ferris, manager. His childhood sweetheart, Ferris, manager, and fellow test pilot, Carol Ferris, played by Blake Lively who later recognizes Jordan under the suit and mask, which was a great scene. She's like, we've had sex. I've seen you naked. Do you think a mask is going to keep me from knowing your identity? <laughs> I love Which that. calls out every hey, superhero, superhero movie in the world. She ad-libbed that line, too. I love that. <laughs> great. That was such um, a good line. And also, this is not the first time we meet Blake Lively. She calls no. him out for crashing a billion-dollar aircraft and not caring about it. Yeah. She is like the... I feel like she's the sanity of this movie, like the what grounds everyone and like keeps it realistic. I mean, saying I recognize you, I've seen you naked. I'm a good little green mask is not gonna. Me yeah, that. just because you hide your cheekbones doesn't mean I don't know who you are. Yeah, the best scenes in this movie are when Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively are on the screen together. Mm. Easily, yeah. easily, you can understand why they got married. They have great chemistry with each other. But Hector Hammond, 
there's something off-putting about him as a character. I don't, and it, part of it is because when you think about what was missing out of the theatrical cut and how he was mistreated as a kid by his father, it's not really earned when he, his father says, hey, I got you this job, and you would think one would be thankful. But instead he's resentful, and you don't understand the resentment because you don't understand what his past was then. Exactly. As per him getting this parallax piece in him, wouldn't that make him more fearful? Make Hammond Instead, more it made him more confident. Hammond? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think it made him more confident. No, I get that, but it's fear that went into him. Yeah, fe- yes, but- fear is the whole power. Is it the ability to project fear on others, or is it you are fear yourself? He- yes. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, not, that's the thing. It's not explained. No, it's not. And that's something that I had a problem with, is I'm sitting there going, why, why, I don't understand what fear is supposed to do in this movie. He is a he is a person that has been forced to deal with fear, fear and told that he has things to be afraid of, and so inside he's continually trying to give himself like confidence, like no, I earned this job, but people think that it's them. And my so understanding I'm, of the role fear is supposed to play in this movie is fear is what attacks will. You you don't have the will to do something because you are afraid. So what is the ultimate enemy of will? Fear. But they and if, Phil, if will is what powers the Green Lantern Corps. Fear would be the ultimate enemy, and so you have to f- discover you have the will to overcome your fear. But they say at the beginning of this film, in the exposition at the beginning, the Guardians realized will was the strongest power in the universe. Will beats everything. They already set that rule up, so there is no reason to worry about fear. That, that's true, but that was, and the Guardians may know that, but they realize that Maybe the group, and maybe that's the story that's not explained. Maybe a further part of that is the story that the Green Lanterns are starting to show fear. I mean, Parallax was able to kill some of the most powerful Green Lanterns because clearly they showed fear. Yeah. And if they showed fear, that means they lost their will. They lost their way. And maybe that's the the bigger point of the story is the redemption of the Green Lantern Corps to realize if you guys are going to be the baddest asses ever, you need to have will. Mm-hmm. And you've lost it because you now have fear. It may be. But you're, you're right. None it, of, it but may none be. of that was explained. That's me sort of putting that explanation on to We're it. trying to find ways to make it work, I think. Exactly. And which you, the movie should have done that for us. The first time I watched it this week, I fell asleep halfway through. Because there's a pacing issue. There, there, you don't really see him do anything for like an hour. Uh, but also, I wanted it to work so bad because I bought it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this shit on uh, Blu-ray. I bought that. I bought the Spider-Man trilogy, the Tobey Maguires. And I watched it the first time, fell asleep. But it was also late at night. I'm thinking that's what it was. Second night I watched it, I was like, okay, here we go. Some of this isn't making any sense. And then the third night I watched it, which was last night, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to look at it as a fan. And I enjoyed it as a fan of the Green Lantern. But I like flashy things like a fish. <laughs> oh, what about so, joke there? It, go for it. Do it. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> okay, so that's my say on it. Joel, go for it. Um. All right. So shortly afterward, uh, Jordan encounters Hammond, who succeeds in his attempt to kill his father by burning him alive. Both Jordan and Hammond realize Parallax is on his way to Earth. Now, I'm also going to say, nothing strikes more fear into you than something that you're confident is going to happen. That's what fear is. It's when yeah. you it's when you are certain that something's going to happen whether it does or not. That's all fear is. So at this point, his anger has made him confident that it doesn't matter what's going to happen, he's going to do it. And so 
you have a person that's a human who is essentially flawed by nature as a Green Lantern who is supposed to be no fear. And so that is what I appreciate about this part of the movie. He's trying to fight his fear while also fighting it with will and confidence against fear itself. So the ring chose him because he was supposed to be without fear, right? Right. But no one is. Well, that's the thing. If that's the case, the ring flawed was flawed in the way that it chose somebody. It It chose somebody who immediately quit after a training montage. Or or it chose someone who they knew would eventually figure out that they have the will to overcome their fear. Yeah, but if you have if you don't have fear, it's a boring fucking movie and then it's Superman. (laughs) DC characters are overpowered. No, that's what that's that's the best thing about Green Lantern is it's all an internal battle. We'll talk about that and what we like about the movie. If the if the ring powers your imagination, can't you just imagine that there's no bad bad guys out there? Yeah, but say that about life. If something's messing with you and you're upset about something, can't you just tell you it doesn't bother you? Yeah, but does it work? I've, I'm trying more to, times than not. I'm trying to do that with my blood pressure. I mean, my <laughs> no, <laughs> in oh, all, in all, show. no, <laughs> in, no, and in, in like I've been told that my blood pressure is now too high, but it's but we figured out it's not my diet. It's not. It's stress. Yeah, like my stress is getting to it. That is fear. And I need to have the will to figure it out. I don't. Right now, I'm still doing pretty sucky with it. But I, as soon as I figure out the will, I will be able to overcome my fear that is causing high blood pressure. All right. There you go. Back on Oa. <laughs> I deep. love how you pronounce Oa. Oa. It got deep here. The Guardians tell Sinestro, Sinestro that Parallax was once one of their own until he desired to control the yellow essence of fear only to become the embodiment of fear itself, believing the only means to fight fear by fear itself. Believing the only means to fight fear is by fear itself. Yes. Sinestro requests for the Guardians to forge a ring of the same yellow power, preparing to concede Earth's destruction to Parallax in order to protect Oa. However, Jordan appears and tells Sinestro not to use the yellow ring and for the corpse to help him protect his planet from Parallax's imminent invasion. They deny his request, but allow Jordan to return and protect his home planet. Now, I got to say this. I love the ego of the Guardians in this. They've been around for millions of years. They have to make their decisions based on billions Billions of years. years. But when when he mentions Parallax, there's a glance that one of them gives up like, oh, shit. They know now. Or he says, well, you guys are scared, and they're so angry to be told that they have fear. Yeah. Well, we've known that as the audience the entire time that they have fear, but it took a human to tell them. Is Sinestro the only one allowed to talk to the Guardians? The way the movie presents it, yes. Yeah. Is, so is he like the president of the Guardians? Well, I mean, if he, a leadership position. He, clearly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I'm wondering, does he step into it because Abin Sur is dead? Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. Upon returning to Earth, Jordan saves Ferris from being injected with Parallax's essence by Hammond. Parallax then arrives, consuming Hector's life force for failing to kill Jordan, and then wreaking havoc on on Coast City. Jordan lures Parallax away from Earth and towards the sun, using the sun's gravity, science, we're talking about that right now, (laughs) to pull and disintegrate the entity. He loses consciousness after the battle, but is saved by Sinestro, Kilowog, and Tamar Ray. Tamari. 
Later, the entire Green Lantern Corps congratulates him for his bravery. Sinestro tells Jordan he now bears the responsibility of protecting his sector as a Green Lantern. In a post credit scene, Sinestro, still in possession of the yellow ring, places it on his finger, causing his green suit to change to yellow along with his eyes. Oh, uh, the sequel that never happened. The sequel that never The trilogy that never happened. It was supposed to be a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did you guys think about after watching the film? What did you think after watching now, the film? Now, see, after watching the film, I still liked it. I still enjoyed it. Now, what did I think after listening to this podcast and learning a bunch of shit? Now, I'm just angry. <laughs> I'm just angry at what could have been and how yeah. great, like, there could be... I did. I always defended this movie because I thought Ryan Reynolds was great in it. I thought Lively was great in it. I thought Sarsgaard was good in it. I mean, Robbins played a good asshole senator. I genuinely think all of the acting was done well. What fucking sucks about this movie is there was so much more story we could have had, and we don't get it, and that pisses me off. So what did I think after watching the film last night when I finished? I'm like, yeah, I remember why I like this movie, and I watched it every year. I mean, now I just feel rage and anger <laughs> towards King Warner Brothers. There it is. Drink. <laughs> uh, for me, I, I just thought that was really long. Uh, longer than I remember. I fell asleep Monday when I watched it. Uh, the second time I watched it this week, I had a little more energy, so I was able to focus. And it's better than the dumpster fire everyone thinks it is. Yes. Clearly, it's not Citizen Kane either. Uh, it's somewhere in between. It's somewhere in between. I yep. think it's, it's in, it is in a place in comic book movie history where you start to see the change in what can work and what cannot work in today's audiences. Yes. It's in that, spur, that exact spot right there. It's like, if you look at the timeline of all these comic book movies, you can pinpoint Green Lantern to go, this is the point right here where we figured out what can work and what can't. Yes. And you can also make the argument that Green Lantern helped Marvel to still become better because Marvel hadn't been established yet and they probably learned from what people were angry about with Green Lantern. They learned from it. I'd even go so far that you don't have Guardians of the Galaxy without Green Lantern. Touche, yeah. Because Green, the, re, the big thing about Guardians of the Galaxy was that you had a, the first time you had heroes that were not of this earth outside of Peter Quill. And it was going to take place in a stranger realm. This takes place in a stranger realm. I would have liked to see more on Oa. But we'll get into things that we wish and we wish. We yeah. Okay, so that's what I got to say. Joel, how about you? I liked it. There Gosh. you go. <laughs> I, li- I feel like Joey in the episode of Friends where they uh, eat the English trifle. <laughs> and everyone's like, it tastes like it. feet. I'm like, I liked it. <laughs> What's not to like? Yeah. Beef? Good. Jelly? Good. I mean, it's <laughs> here, here. Here's what I thought after watching it. It is not what it should have been. But if we focus on what it could have been, then you'll never be happy. Mm-hmm. If I just look at it for what it was, I mean, what, a mo- what are movies for? They're to entertain. I was entertained. That's, I mean, I liked it. No, it's not, it was not a perfect movie. It's not what it should have been, and I'll get to that more later. But I still liked it. I probably, I probably honestly liked it more now mm-hmm. than I did before because I was looking for things that were just awful. And there were parts of it that weren't great. CGI, I don't think, had fully made its mark yet. Now, there were. I looked at the movies that were made in 2011. It, like, they had, it had made its mark. Dang it, it had made its mark. That's, yeah. that's what I thought yesterday watching. I was like, no, it hadn't made it there yet. Uh, this movie say. looks like a film in 2001. It does. Yes. And that's, and that's what I thought watching it. And when I looked at the th- movies, I said, it came out the same year as Moneyball mm-hmm. and Fast Five and all of these movies. Like, 
Mm, dang. It was post Iron Man and it was post Incredible Hulk. So, yeah. But at the same time, what are you supposed to do with purple alien creatures in skin suits? Guardians of the Galaxy. Which came out in 2014. Three years. Three years later. <laughs> After, and so Green Lantern did not have a Green Lantern to look at and be like, oh, can't do that or people will be mad. Can't do that or people will bitch and moan. Oh, we better go away. They didn't have that. They were like, we're the first one to really do like new superhero aliens. And again, gets a little more of like what failed them later. Mm-hmm. But it, I was looking for bad things and it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Watching I, it yeah, as an adult. I, and I want to agree with Joel in that I don't understand why this movie gets the vitriol hate. Like, it literally has become a punchline. I don't get that. I get there's problems with it, but this is not the worst superhero movie ever made. And to hear some people talk about it and read some articles and even the offhand jokes by Ryan Reynolds himself, it makes it seem like this movie is the bane of superhero existence, and that's bullshit to me. I think There the re- are Superman movies and Batman movies worse than this movie. Yeah. I think the reason why this movie gets so much shit is because... It is, out of all the bad movies, the Ghost Riders and all that crap, this is the most popular of the failures. And being but so... But this is still a failure. Maybe mm-hmm. that's the thing. Being so, the failure part becomes more of a, because it's average, it's awful. Oh, and- so it's average, but we wanted it to be... Yes. A- if, like Because he is a DC stalwart... People expected the first time around, okay, they're going to knock it out of the park. They have to. They couldn't do Ghost Rider because nobody gives a shit. They couldn't do this because nobody gives a shit. But Green Lantern, people care. And when the same people went to go see this and liked it, it wasn't enough. And because it was such a higher caliber character, it became, it's, an, it's a total failure. It, it, it's awful. It, this is the worst movie ever. Keep in mind, they had resurrected Iron Man out of nothing. Nobody cared about Iron Man. They made that work at the time. They made this work. They made Dark Knight work. That was the trilogy, the middle of the trilogy that no one yeah. did. It was in that sweet spot of the worst possible timing. Yeah. 2001, this is a phenomenal movie. 2011, it's perspective. What it, what it could have been. It's the, perspective. The problem is, is I can get people saying what it could have been. I but still hate that the vitriol that it gets sometimes. There is a lot that works in this movie, though. Let's talk about things that, first of all, it didn't get any award nominations. Nothing at the Academies or Golden Globes. Uh, but what worked well in this movie for you guys? Favorite parts? JC? My favorite, every time Blake Lively and uh, Ryan Reynolds are on the screen. Yeah, she that, hot. It, not even just to look at. I genuinely like... And I said it earlier in the podcast, there is a reason those two became a married couple. They clearly have chemistry, and it worked really well on screen together. Um, All of Ryan Reynolds' one-liners. I mean, I also loved his dramatic acting. There are people that pick on him for trying to be dramatic, and watching this post-Deadpool, I even myself found found myself wanting to be, oh, is it? Oh, but he, he this is how he would have been if he was sad. This is how he would have been if he's showing fear. Like people I I've heard people say and I've I've read that this is Ryan Reynolds' worst acting. Bullshit. No. No, it's not. And I think it's I, the, I think I, it's his worst direction. Yeah. Yeah. He was Hayden Christensen. <laughs> Hayden yes. Christensen is a great actor who got really shitty directions. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> And Ryan Reynolds acted really well, but clearly the, it almost sounds like the director was trying to undermine Reynolds. Yeah. And that's bullshit to me. So 
my favorite parts are the acting. Um, one thing, well, yeah, my favorite parts are the acting, like the actors and how they acted. Those are my favorite parts. For me, Sinestro is well done. I, I think Sinestro is yeah. amazing in this. I, I could watch a whole film of Sinestro, and it pisses me off when I see the end credits. And I'm like, damn it. He could have been a much more prominent figure in the next movie. Uh, the chemistry between Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds is so good. It really is. And you, here's the thing. It's so good that it can overcome direction, whereas the chemistry between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen was so bad, it could not overcome that direction. No. Uh, the ego of the Guardians is great. It's perfect exactly what I, think, what I thought they would be. And the extended cuts nine minutes of Hal, Carol, and Hector's children and the bond Hal has with his father. That makes me care about Hal Jordan. Yeah. Uh, so, Joel, how about you? Um, the, obviously, the chemistry between the main characters. Uh, I like the message, which I'll talk about and what didn't work. And uh, I like that it stays true to the comic books. I even I looked back this week and said, okay, what did it match what it says? And it really did. Even, like, to the suit, the only thing that I saw that it didn't was the Green Lantern in the comic book, I do not believe, has a pupil. And in the movie, he they take out the iris of the eye, and it's just a pupil. Oh, yeah. okay, I see what you're saying. That's really all I could. Yeah, like in his eyes, it's all white, mm -hmm. and but in the movie, he has pupils. That's really all I could find that was like this is totally wrong. Yeah. yeah. Now Which you is, you read a lot of the comics growing up, right? I read some. Okay, I, I'm going to ask you after the show where I should start with this because I want to get into the Green Lantern thing. Uh, yeah, I also have no clue. Where I have to start no idea where to Green start. I'm actually going to go try to find a book after this because I didn't. I read. I definitely just read it sporadically because I had a friend, and I was just a kid. I would go, "I'm going to read this one," and I just pick it out of the middle. And so where, where are you going? It. I don't know. Okay, I got a place for you. Uh, Rick's comics. Rick's City. comics. Yeah, it's over in uh, what do you call it? Uh, Lebanon. Lebanon. Yeah, but if you want, Mount, I'll go over there with you. It was in Mount Juliet. No, it's on, it's on Lebanon Pike in Mount Juliet. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay. But I'll go over there with you because that's a great comic book shop. It really yeah. is a great comic. Yeah. I haven't been there in probably a year. Yeah, since we stopped since we stopped doing since Star Wars comics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. Okay, Joel, you ready for this part? Yeah. Okay. What didn't work in the movie for you, JC? All right. What didn't work for me is the editing. My my biggest issue with this movie is it definitely felt at times like it was shot out of order. It felt like I was missing things characters would say something or they would react emotionally to something. And I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like there was a part and I honestly think it was just badly edited. Like mm -hmm. it was supposed to be in a different order. Um, and now I've come to learn that a whole load was cut out. So that makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Anything else? No, I honestly okay. think if you fix the editing, then I have very little to complain about with this film. I yeah. honestly think the pacing and the editing of this film fucked it up, mm -hmm. and it's and I don't want I don't say that to blame the editor. I say that because I thought that before you told me all the shit about Warner Brothers. Now after hearing this, it explains why I felt that way, and it's another case of a studio fucking up what probably could have been a really good movie. Yeah, I've already mentioned some of the things that don't work for me. Uh, but when Hector Hammond, I don't hate him. I feel bad for him. Sinestro not helping Hal Jordan with parallax, yet showing up at the end to help him with parallax. Uh, I didn't get that because if he's in the region already to help grab him, why did he help defeat him? Yeah. Uh, so that that was a little weird for me. It's that movie. It's movie timing. It's that movie timing thing that we talked about before, which is it appears longer than it actually is. We don't know how long that time is when he passes out and starts getting sucked into the sun. But at the, at the rate he's going, it should have been pretty quick. Yeah. 
Uh, when Hal Jordan quits the core, how come he gets to keep the ring? Maybe because the, the ring chooses. I mean, if the ring chooses the ring, you can say, I quit, but it doesn't mean you actually chose, like, emotionally. The ring may be able to tap into your soul a little bit. Yeah. And so he voiced the words, I quit. But how many times do people say, yeah, I quit something, and you don't actually quit it? Yeah. Um, but other than that, I've said all the other things that are on this list. So, Joel, how about you? Was uh, the mask with Jim Carrey, did the mask follow him around? Like, when he tried to throw it away, did it find its way back? Yeah, it yes, did. It did. Kept shooting through his window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what the ring does. You quit, but it just keeps falling back. Um, obviously, there were some there were some knots that need to be tied, some loose ends that need to be tied. I mean, um, but honestly, I think the thing that didn't work is the fact that the production is a product of its own storyline. Okay. You have a director that's afraid of not getting his way. And so instead of, he has all of this, it is exposure. Essentially, he has like a ring that he can do whatever he wants. He has money flowing in from Warner Brothers. He has amazing actors. I mean, he's got Michael Clark Duncan on set. He's got Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively. Jeffrey and, Rush. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's, he chooses to be prideful and to fight it. Yeah. He, choose, he chooses to say, I'm afraid that if I don't get my way, it's not going to be a great movie. And we see how it pays off. He does not embrace just like the will to incorporate himself with others. Warner Brothers is afraid that if they don't do something perfectly or whatever, I don't even know what they were thinking. I'm done trying to think and figure out what Warner Brothers tries to think. But they were obviously, they second-guessed themselves. And they did not make the movie that should have been made. So what you have here, instead of people that are brave and they put fear to the side and do what they know needs to be done, they let fear control them. And they put out a like a movie that is not what it should have been. And so that's what didn't work in the movie. So essentially they didn't they didn't learn their own lesson exactly. in the yeah. movie. <laughs> these are two, these are back to back really great examples. You had a fantastic analogy using chess for Hoosiers, and yeah. he just said the studio fell into fear, which had they had the willpower to do what they should have done. He is wearing Damn. the Green Lantern shirt over there. Damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, and you even, two were smart the last two weeks. And the thing is, I don't know much about Green Lantern. I just knew that I liked him. But the more I watched this movie, the more I was like, I love what it talks about. And that's why I like the message that it sends. I mean, you can have a million parallels of what was once a lantern decides he wants to have ultimate power and go to fear. Yeah. So now you have to battle what once left and is now instilling fear in others or even like removing the fear and essentially like what's where do you going to be metaphorically killing people and destroying them from the inside. And, and what's more powerful than emotions? Right. Like no wonder people latch on to this stuff because it's all emotions. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's that's life. We are attacked from different angles with different fears and different insecurities. And but it's not real. Like we're attacked by these things that are just false pictures from our imagination. And that's I've learned that I actually like Green Lantern more than I thought I did. Actually, just watching this movie. There but yeah, go. what didn't work, it it didn't follow its own advice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So well, <laughs> well, you were reading it before. Who's the audience for this movie, JC? Um I think people who want to enjoy superhero movies for the sake of completion. And I like what you just said about emotions, but I would say anybody who wants to really understand their emotions should watch this. Yeah, that's nobody. Nobody's going to watch a movie to understand their emotions. So I feel like... I was going to say, a lot of people watch movies to All right, well, they, they, there you go. The, the, deep, pe- the deep ones that you don't like because they don't end in a happy ending, those ones are, are figuring out your emotions. Yeah, no, those are horrible movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> And I think 
I am a Ryan Reynolds fan, so anybody that's a Ryan Reynolds fan should watch this. Mm-hmm. I know he himself even bashes on this movie, but I think he bashes on it because of his relationship with the director. I like Ryan Reynolds in this movie. I think he did well. So if you are a Ryan Reynolds fan or if you really care about understanding emotions and how they can be used as a superpower, then you should watch this, which ties a little bit into what Joe's going to say. Yeah, my audience is kids and uh, people who are open-minded to see a movie that helped usher in a change in DC Comics to move towards the DCEU with Man of Steel just two years later. A movie that is in every way different from Green Lantern. Every way, tonally, acting-wise, everything about it is different. It's like DC was like, okay, that's not working. Let's do this. And, And keep in mind, it wasn't working because financially it was not working. It wasn't. I think if the finances were there, they would have gone forth with the trilogy. I think they would have. I mean, if it made the five hundred million dollars, they would have been okay. Let's keep going. You don't get a Man of Steel then. You don't get a Batman v Superman. You don't get Suicide. Well, okay, you don't get Suicide Squad, but (laughs) you don't get this new era of Justice League characters. You would be still. We would still be in the Green Lantern verse right now. So that's what I think for the audience. How about you, Joel? Um, I. I think people that can formulate their own opinions and they just want to go see a movie. Yeah. Green Lantern fans, obviously. Ryan Reynolds fans, obviously. If you like superheroes, go see it. But people that are going to go into it, formulate their own opinion and not nickelback themselves and when, instead of people saying, oh, this is a great movie, but it's also trash. The people that say, oh, this is a trash movie, but it's not bad. Right. It is not a bad movie. Um, yeah. So it's be, not an F or D. No. But, yeah. No. Um, but okay, a movie report card. What do you rank this in the comic book genre? Uh, there are two things I take off for it, and so that's sort of how those the bad editing drops it. And I liked, I really liked your point of it doesn't follow its own storyline, so that drops it. So that drops it down to a B. All right, All right. B, B for me, solid, solid B. Okay, I, I wrote another essay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, good God, dude. It's t- I, this is not a complete story in the grand scheme of things. It isn't. There are too many questions unanswered, so it should be viewed as an incomplete movie because it was meant to be a jumping-off point for a Green Lantern trilogy. Whereas most people will grade this as a standalone, I have to view this based on its place in the trilogy as the first act, just like I did with Phantom Menace. In Act 1, we get the conflict of the overall story, fear versus will. But we were already told that will is stronger than fear, so that's off the table. Exposition. The background knowledge of the Green Lantern Corps. We get the exposition. The background knowledge of the Green Lantern Corps, which is quite a lot for your average audience to take in if you're not a super nerd. Plus, it raises questions like, who was guarding Earth before Hal Jordan? Was it Abin Sur, or was he shot in that direction of an unguarded sector when he escaped? Uh, the protagonist. You get the protagonist in Hal Jordan, who goes from crack shot pilot to superhero based on the fact that he can't run away from his destiny, so he accepts it rather than works to earn it unless you think that proving himself to the Watchers is earning it, in which case he had the confidence all along and it betrays his character who hasn't needed the approval of others ever before. Also, his fear is what drives his will. Without the fear, he never gets the courage later on. My, my head's starting to hurt with all of these points. Without, without no, fear, no, no, what's the No, I get it. I'm yeah, just saying, yeah. like, Joe's, like, making so many big you, points. Like, the uh, dramatic premise uh, <laughs> or that which drives the plot, which is the irresponsible test pilot gets lantern ring and must learn responsibility for an entire planet. Inciting incident. Parallax has been freed and is looking for Abensur, the Guardians, the Green Lantern Corps, and, um, well, I don't know what his motivation is. It's never really clear. At one point he says one, he says another, he says another. Now, those things being aside, all these things are done adequately in this film. 
although the audience is left wondering why they chose Hector to be a human villain when his original issue was jealousy. But they try to write jealousy as fear, which are two separate emotions. Not to mention, you really don't need him in this movie if you have Parallax introduced at the beginning, since they never really explain the connection outside of yellow shit getting in his bloodstream. Most of the dialogue is good, but it has some clunky moments. Now, acting-wise, Ryan Reynolds is subdued in this compared to his other performances. You can tell this is like after 50 takes we're getting that take. That's true. It's not him at his super energetic. It's not him at his super more charismatic. He's a little more subdued, and I blame the director for this shit. Whether this was a directional issue or not is something we'll never truly know, but from all accounts, it was. The CGI effects could look better and appear a bit dated today. Heck, they seemed cartoony then also. The suit, for me, just doesn't look right. It makes him look thinner for some reason. Uh, whether that was a choice because the director wanted a bright color piece or not is something I couldn't find. Because of this, the reason why this is a financial failure falls on one major thing. I think we're looking at an example of Warner Brothers not thinking ahead. This movie was released the same day as Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2, another Warner Brothers property. They killed this before it came in the theaters. Wow. What? It, it, no wonder they're idiots. It was also released after The Dark Knight and during the beginning of the MCU. So your people's expectations are already higher. Add that in with a DC character that is largely unfamiliar amongst casual fans, and you can see why this movie didn't make bank. In conclusion, there's a lot of things that could be could, that don't make sense that may have been addressed in future movies, but could have been addressed in this film to help with its pacing and or character development. I'm giving this movie, based on all these details, a C minus, just below average, not the worst film ever, which is not true at all, but it's hard to ignore some of these points. Joel? B. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone? I don't know what, what, what there's to say. I mean... Eh, you can look at the other movies that came out and compare, but we're not comparing other movies. We're comparing this alone. Yeah. This did I buy this movie? I did. Yep. If I do I regret watching it? Okay, here we go. Did it suck? No. So it's not an F. Do I regret seeing it? No, it's not a D. What I So I guess that makes it a C. Have I watched it again? Yes. That makes it a B. And I bought it. Um honestly, the only the only other superhero movie. I would watch over this. I would watch Dark Knight and Deadpool. Other than that, there hasn't been another. I mean, Spider-Man's good. How about Spider-Man 2? It was good. I've seen it. Okay. Um, all right. So next category, what? If this movie is released on Bl- Blu-ray, would you buy it, bin it, stream it, borrow it, or forget about it? Uh, I'd bin it because I already own it on DVD, so I would bin this one. I've been it also, as much as I complain about this movie, I'm drawn to flashy things. I just said I'm like a fish. And I'm a firm believer that you don't get a Guardians of the Galaxy without this movie coming out. You needed a template that you can do something else in a different realm completely and still work. It still made $200 million against Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. That's impressive. So we're saying that a movie was made that, one, changed superhero movies as we know it, um, as a template of what not to do. Let's be careful. I mean, I feel like they're doing that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Civil War. That's what you don't no! do. <laughs> <laughs> it, I like it. It came out for an audience that, yes, does it help to have background knowledge? Yes, but it is a movie you can watch by itself. The moment that you have to have prior knowledge to enjoy a movie that drops it down to a B minus C. I like that. You need it's a movie. 
It is a movie that entertained us. It is a movie that was true to the comic books, and it it helps us procreate Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. That alone is an A. <laughs> there is a child that will be born that has the DNA of Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. She's already born. The director. Oh, oh God willing, is. they have twins, and they name them Hal and Jordan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that standing alone, my bi- me being biased, wants to give it an A purely because now we have. M- we're just completely then, doing, and we have, have a superior species right now because of Green Lantern. Then, get, then you give it an A. No, because that baby's now too young. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I okay, stick so, with my B. So just clear, B, right? B. Yeah. B. B. And I'm the dick with the C minus. Uh, <laughs> it's better than having a C minus dick. I guess you're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, I, I've been it. Because I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I bought it. I like it. You bought it out of necessity, though. Well, yeah, because I don't have a lot of disposable income. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying that if I have if I have disposable income, I say I buy it. But again, it's hard for me to say because I'm a Green Lantern fan. I love Ryan Reynolds, so yes, I would buy it because that has both of them together. Yeah, okay. And Black Lives. All right. Well, that's all I got time for today, Movie Planeteers. You can email the Movie Planet using the address movieplanetpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to pass the word on to your friends about the show. Subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean, or Spotify, and help the show get on its feet with a four- or five-star review. Tweet with any questions, comments, theories, and I'll try to fit them into the show next time we're on the air. Send those tweets to at movieplanetpod, and like us on Facebook and Instagram using the links in the show notes. Special thanks to Twisterium and SoundJ Music for providing our intro music and our ending music. Thanks for listening, and happy movie-watching. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.